Hello and welcome to Rewatch. My name is Seth Scruggs. And I am Zach Vaughn. And this is a show about movies we love and movies we haven't seen yet. And this week, we're talking about sports. Woo! Sports ball. Zach, yeah. we're talking about sports. We're talking um, about sports. What are we talking about? Sports! <laughs> All right. Uh, so let's just... You know, last week we had a lot of things to talk about before we jumped into the movies, but I think we should just jump into the movies. Let's do it. I don't I don't think that there's anything like problematic that we have to like give disclaimers for on this one. So I mean, you could say there's stuff problematic in most of the movies that we watch, but nothing that's like could get us canceled, really, I think, in this one. I mean, there are a lot of butts in the movie that we're about. There are a lot of butts. That was Way my review. Butts. That was my first review for Jerry Maguire. Way more butts than I expected to see. Yeah. So Zach, you just said the, the title. Tell us about Jerry Maguire. Oh yeah, let's do that. Uh, so we watched Jerry Maguire, which was a 1996 movie directed and written by Cameron Crowe uh, with Tom Cruise as the titular Jerry Maguire, which I hate that word, but I used it Nobody forced me you to use it, it just now. I just wanna, yeah, that isn't on the outline. You you chose that word. I chose to use it. Um, it's got Cuba Gooding Jr. as Rod Tidwell and Renee Zellweger as the lovely Dorothy Boyd. Um, it's a movie about a sports agent who acquires a soul. Not acquires, develops a soul. And... Uh, tries to make changes in his agency that would shake things up and make them more personal. And in doing so gets fired. So he has to be more personal. Um, and he leaves with the one person that would go with him who he happened to meet right after a flight. They fall in love. He falls in love with her. Mm, No, that's weird. That was going to be weird. Uh, (laughs) He bonds with her son and also falls in love with her. I say it that way because that's kind of the order it happens. Yeah. Uh, He's definitely more. Gosh, it's hard to say this without making it sound creepy. He really likes the kid in like a dad sort of way. uh, Very quickly before he actually falls in love with the kid's mom. Um. But he quickly learns that um, sports agency management, I don't think he's his manager, but he's his agent, is about uh, personal dedication and sticking to the ones you love and that he'll never be the best sports agent until he does that in his own life and really puts in the effort with the woman he loves. Yeah. I, I want to point out that it's, this is technically by all accounts, a sports movie. That is how people describe it. And yet you did not talk a lot about sports in in your description of of this 
this movie. That is correct. And and that's how I like my sports movies. <laughs> that's a that's like, a theme that's a theme with both movies that we're going to talk about in this week's episode. But like I like sports movies that are about the people like around the sport. There's no there's like no gameplay footage in this movie. Yeah, there is. There's oh well there's a little bit. There's, there's a, little a little bit, bit. towards the end where there's like a, a, a really important thing that happens at a game. But there's very, 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 very little sports footage in this movie. Mm-hmm. And I love it. <laughs> I love it so much. You you like sports movies like my mom likes coffee. A little bit of coffee with a lot of cream and sugar. <laughs> Exactly. I I want my sports movies to be a lot about people and very little about the actual sports. I I was going to say permission to rant. This is a podcast. That's why that's why we did it. Um Yeah. <laughs> I I've spent a lot of time watching a lot of faith-based football movies that are just not good because it just is like it's it's like we gotta show every game of the season every single game and you don't you just don't because a movie is not about the whether or not the team wins is about whether or not the person playing learns something or even the person remotely like loosely connected to the sport learn something mm-hmm. and which is the case with this movie and it's, those movies- it's almost like movies are best and any movie is best when it's a not about what's happening around the people but the people themselves because like with Imagine war movies that. like you can do that with war movies like i think right. the two my two favorite war movies, which is saying a lot since I've only seen e- both either of them once, um, are uh, Hacksaw Ridge and The Thin Red Line. But I love them because it's not about the war. The Thin Red Line, even more so than uh, than Hacksaw Ridge, because The Thin which Red is Line is brutal. Yeah, like The Thin Red Line is showing the the impact of war on the characters and hacksaw ridge is this is showing this guy's rebellion against the war against violence while uh enlisting and we are not talking about sports anymore we are not talking about sports anymore no i but i agree like the so much of what works about this movie and is the fact that like characters are central and the things that the characters are doing are not essentially like that's what it comes down to. So when I think of a Zach movie, (laughs) like a movie that, that you would like, this is not a movie that I would think, yeah, that's probably like top top tier for Zach. Definitely five stars. 
you know, definitely up there. So I want to give you the floor and I just want to, I just want to know like why. This is um, not accusatory. No, I know. I know. Well, I would, I would like to clarify. I would like to clarify. This is, I, I gave this four and a half. <laughs> okay. Not five stars. Sorry. Uh, four and a half. but that I don't give a whole lot of movies four and a half either. Uh, it's, it shows something that you don't see often. It shows, I mean, like you, you have the, uh, you had me at hello moment, which is in almost like every, every romance movie. Right. Um, which I use the phrase you had me at hello because it's in this, but also like people use that as an example for other movies. Like they use that to compare to other movies, but like mm-hmm. you have that, but I, I, I love his dynamic with the kid. Um, Easily I love, I love how quickly, and it's not unrealistically quickly, but I love how quickly he softens from being this uh, smiley, fake, uh, like, just icky-feeling, self-serving guy to, all right, I think we should do this, and everything falls apart, and he fights through it. I like that it's a guy fighting through just a lot of crap because of his morals. Um, because I think that's one thing that, uh, a lot of movies don't show is they, they have this guy who's in this position of, of authority, wealth, power, influence, um, sleaziness um and the the plot is them going from immoral to moral and i like that this starts like the inciting incident is him growing morals which happens even earlier in the movie than a lot of inciting incidents happen yeah like we get that in I want to say the first five minutes we get him writing the memo. Yeah. And it's not a memo. It's, it's a mission statement. It's a mission statement. Sorry. Um, and I, I love that it's the, the struggle of the movie is him holding to those morals, not, Oh, will he become a good guy? It's, will he stay a good guy from, being a not good guy and it's 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 uh, there's a there's a lot of different things i could compare it to but uh more than anything i really like his dynamic with the kid because that's not shown in a whole lot of romance movies um where the the kid is a an integral part of the relationship like it like kids are in relation, like in relationships with single mothers or single fathers, like 
And it shows it differently because it's not these, oh yeah, she's a single mom, but the kids are always just running around in the background. And he's like, he's nice to the kids, but it doesn't interact. And it's not like a 12 year old where he has to win the kid over. Um, and it's about him winning the kid over. I like the, the subtlety, the, the ease at which his relationship with her son develops. And then also his relationship with her develops. And I mean, how can you not tear up when he comes back and he says, I'm looking for my wife. I mean, I don't tear up at movies because I'm heartless and terrible. (laughs) But uh, if I did, I, I, I might tear up there. Like, I think that's a better line than you had me at hello. Granted, I'm also a guy, so I'm probably going to relate to the guy's lines more than I relate to the girl's lines. That makes sense. <laughs> but I would hope so in a lot of ways. I would hope so. I mean, it, 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 it depends on the circumstance. Yeah. No, I, that scene, I, I mean, it's iconic for a reason. And mm-hmm. his delivery of that... As much as forced as I think the line "you complete me" is, yeah, and as forced as I think his delivery of that line is, yeah. So I mean, all of that makes sense. Hearing you talk about it, that makes a lot more sense now uh, than when I had initially talked about it. I did not. I don't think I liked the movie nearly as much as you did. And that's um, that's fine. Uh, I didn't hate it. I so my my wife watched this one with me, and she was on the edge of her seat for most of the first half hour, not because she was really invested in the movie, but because Tom Cruise's manic energy was driving her nuts. Like making her anxious. And I I love watching Tom Cruise on screen. I love the Mission Impossible movies. I am very excited for Top Gun Maverick, assuming that maybe it will actually come out in in a movie theater. Please, someone just let me see the movie. Just just let me see the movie. Okay? That's all I'm saying. You can, it's finished. It's finished. Just let me see the movie. Um, same goes for Mission Impossible 7. Anyway, all that to say, I love, I love watching Tom Cruise on screen. I, I think that he's a really, he has a phenomenal screen presence. Whether or not he's a good actor is a completely different conversation. He is a fantastic movie star. But subtlety isn't exactly his strong suit. And I think that this movie required too much subtlety from him, especially when he's on screen against Renee Zellweger doing a very internal performance. And he's like doing his Tom Cruise thing. 
which is great. It's his Tom Cruise thing. It's what he does, but it's kind of like his Tom Cruise thing. And uh, so it made it hard for me to really connect with their relationship because I it felt like he was doing something very one-noted and then he'd have like a soft moment. And he would spike back up and he'd be one noted doing his manic energy Tom Cruise thing. And then he'd have a soft moment. And it just didn't feel like there was as much subtlety as I would have wanted out of the character and enough change and development to really earn a lot of the moments that he gets in the latter part of the film. Yeah, I agree. He's, I will say, I don't know how much of that. I'm sure part of it, I'm sure a lot of it is because he's Tom Cruise. Um, but also the character is very much a, you gotta be big in order to make the sell. You gotta be big in order to get right. your, your clients, uh, in order to get the attention of the people for your client. Um, and so I think part of that could be, I mean, honestly, part of that probably went into the casting of Tom Cruise for the role for sure. is knowing he plays it big. He's very charismatic, very, Fake warm over the top, <laughs> over the top. That's better. That's that's more. That's that's less insulting. Uh, well, and I so think, yeah, no, keep going. And so when you have that, that like the subtleties of that aren't going to be as natural right. in the person in the rest of the areas of the person's life because it's hard. It's like we know people who are like that and it's they don't really turn it off that much right, they don't have right. very many subtle moments right well and i think i think part of it goes on the director where it's the director's job to rein in those moments and kind of steer your actor back onto course for the film and bring them back into where you are in the story. But how do you direct Tom Cruise in 1996? You don't. Where he's like at the height of his, like you get Tom Cruise and you, you have Tom Cruise mm -hmm. and Tom Cruise does the Tom Cruise thing and you let him go. Yeah. You, you talk and about, you talk about the motivations of the character and the direction of the story. And Yeah. There's not much else you can do after that. And again, like I think he's a fine actor. I think he's a great movie star. And I think that's why you get like the you complete me moment as forced as I kind of think his line reading is there. It still works because he's really good on screen. <laughs> like he just is. There, there are certain people and like there's a reason that certain people become movie stars and other people don't. And we're going to talk about it in the next movie too, probably. But there are just some people who when they're on camera, 
the whole energy of the scene shifts and it's on them and they're the person. And Tom Cruise is one of those people. So fun fact, whenever I see the like poster for this movie, I think it's a few good men because (laughs) it's Tom Cruise wearing white. Oh yeah. Like he, he, the, the outfit he's wearing on the poster is very similar to the outfit he wears in the final courtroom scene in a few good men. (laughs) And so I see it and I'm like, is that a few good men? No, it's Jerry Maguire. It says right at the top, right there. But, uh, right in front of my, right in front of your face. Right in front of it. I have trouble reading sometimes. Just not because <laughs> of any disorder, just because I, I mean, as far as I know, not because of any disorder. You're, you're just not observant. I'm just not observant. It's unfortunate. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate that in your, in one of your top movies is a movie that's as soft as this one. There are other soft movies. Yeah? Yeah. Like, okay. I mean, I I don't necessarily own them, but, it, like, I want to own them. Right. Okay. Um, I mean, Once is pretty soft, I'd say. Okay. Eternal yeah, Sunshine yeah, yeah, of the yeah. Smallest Mind. Right. About Time. Oh, I didn't realize About Time was, was up there. Oh, it's we, so... We I, I, we, I, I loved About Time. I wanted oh, to rewatch I, it. I as, think About Time is great. As soon as I finished it, I wanted to watch it again. Well, I, I, we've strayed from the movie. We have hand, strayed. Yeah. Which um, typically means that it's about time to wrap up a segment. <laughs> Let's take a break. Yeah. And then we'll be right back to talk about another sports movie starring a personal favorite of ours. All right. We'll be right back. Hey, what's up? This is Seth Scruggs, host of Rewatch, that show that you're listening to right now. And if you like this show, there's also a good chance that you would like our YouTube channel. You can find it, Mark Spots the X Productions, on YouTube. There's a link in our show notes. And over there, we have short films and behind the scenes content and a bunch of other stuff that we have planned for the rest of this year. You can go over there and subscribe. That really helps us out and helps other people find our work. And if you like this show and you want to help other people find our work, you can follow the show, give us a review and a rating, and that really helps other people find our work as well. All right, let's get back to the show. All right, we're back. And we are going to talk about a movie that Zach did not like. You're just starting with that? I'm starting there. Okay. We're going to be talking about Moneyball. We're talking about Moneyball, Zach. It is the 2011 film from Bennett Miller. Uh, It's got Brad Pitt as Billy Bean. It's got Jonah Hill as Peter Brand. It also has Philip Seymour Hoffman and Chris Pratt and a whole laundry list of other people. And uh, Spike Jones at one point. Yeah, uncredited. Uncredited. Uh. And this is a movie, uh, it's a true life story about a, a general manager of the Oakland Athletics, the Oakland A's, where he essentially completely revolutionizes how he selects players for his team, switching from who looks the best and who scouts the best and all this other stuff 
to a mathematical equation of um, how how to make the team better on a limited budget. And it's way more exciting than it sounds, although Zach may disagree. Zach? Yes, I disagree. Um, and yeah, so this is our third out of four episodes where we talk about Brad Pitt. I just, I just want to point that out, uh, that we're, we're 75% on Brad Pitt. And it's also written by a favorite of the podcast, Aaron Sorkin. And Zach, you didn't like this movie. I didn't. What? So, so you texted me after that you were like, I texted well, you during you know, you too. Texted me halfway through and you said, just so we're clear, you like this movie. Yeah. Um, so, so I'm curious what, what, what's in particular did you not like? Was it, was it that it was boring or was it something else? I, yeah, I thought it was boring. I, it, it could be, I knew that it was written by Aaron Sorkin. Okay. And it is very differently paced from every single Aaron Sorkin movie. And every script. Having seen every episode of The West Wing and almost every episode of The Newsroom, it's everything like it's, he writes. Yeah. It's, it does, it is, I, I, ha, like, I didn't, I, it felt like it may have, like, it started as an Aaron Sorkin script, which it didn't. It started as uh, somebody else's script. And then Aaron re- rewrote it, but it felt like Sorkin wrote it. And then a bunch of other people who aren't as good writers as him messed it up and then gave it to a director who didn't know how to direct a Sorkin script. Wow. See, I, one of the things I like about this movie is that it does not have, it's, there are a lot of distinctly Sorkin lines uh, my personal favorite is where it's like, there's the top team, there's the bottom team, there's 50 feet of crap, and then there's us. Like, that's a very Sorkin line. And I, maybe he didn't write that line, and I'm making a fool of myself, but that feels like a very Sorkin line. And the scene where um, Pete is being introduced into this room full of scouts, and the scouts are arguing over how to properly fill out the team. And Billy Bean just keeps pointing to Pete, pointing to Pete, pointing to Pete. And he's like, Oh, I'm y'all don't do it. If y'all don't answer my question, I'm going to point at Pete. And all of those things felt very Sorkin ish to me, but Sorkin is at his best when he's in the hands of a director who isn't himself. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I I feel like this is I felt like this movie was a good example of that, where he's drawing out a lot of the things. Uh, Miller's drawing out new and fresh things out of this Sorkin script by directing it at a different pace, and by putting it through a different filter, that I th- I found really effective. I found the pace dragging okay 
um it felt it felt awkward in places too um, yeah like yeah, different yeah. different parts were uh it didn't feel like anything was cut off too soon but it felt like things dragged longer than they should have like like he created awkward silences that even in a conversation with somebody who is awkward the silence wouldn't have gone there right if that makes sense like like in the first conversation with uh between billy and peter uh between brad and jonah like uh peter's this this nerdy fresh out of college economics guy who works for the chicago indians cleveland Cleveland indians uh and he he's this he's this not he's this noticeably non-sports guy in a sports world so he's going to be awkward he's going to be uncomfortable but even then the 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 way that was edited together i won't even say it was the direction the the acting was fine uh the direction was was fine the way it was edited together felt unintentionally awkwardly paced um and then there were other parts where brad delivered different lines where he waited i feel like he waited too long and it just doesn't feel natural because like there's there's a natural awkwardness and then there's awkward because of a cut like you because because you can definitely you you can you can cut between shots to time it to where it is awkward but natural where it, it could very easily have been without cutting um but then there are, uh there there's cutting where it feels like you you took too long for it to be natural and not long enough for it to be not long enough and not acted in a way that it's actually intentionally awkward see i i i like totally i totally disagree okay because like one of one of the things i liked about the film is that it feels like there's space I feel like he knows exactly when to cut to a reaction shot of certain things happening where like in the middle of a conversation, like there's a third person in the room and the camera cuts to them to catch their view on what's happening. And there were multiple times I, for me, the, the like pinnacle of that is the scene where Brad Pitt is Billy Bean is cleaning house of all these guys who are just like, causing problems causing issues on the team he's trading them off he's getting them out of there he's getting new people all this turnover is happening new people are going to have to take over he's going to make this team run like he wants it to run and that's what he's doing in this scene and there are multiple times that like there are three people in a scene and it just like cuts to philip seymour hoffman like being super confused or really annoyed or it it gives them that space and i 
with actors like Brad Pitt and Philip Seymour Hoffman and Jonah Hill and Chris Pratt to a lesser extent, I think, than all of them. But I think he's very good in this movie. Still, you you give Brad Pitt and Jonah Hill enough space to lay out the scene and they know what to do with it. And so, yeah, there it, it felt like there were awkward moments or it felt like there, there were these awkward things. But to me, rather than it feeling like a director who doesn't know how to like direct the scene or doesn't know how to cut the scene, to me, it felt like a director knowing exactly how to cut this scene with these actors and being able to say, okay, if I let, if I just wait to call cut and I let Jonah sit in the scene, Jonah's going to do something else and he's going to do the next logical thing that he believes his character will do. And I want to, I want to see what that is. And then letting that play out on screen. I, to me, I think that it made the film a lot funnier and maybe it just hits my sense of humor in a particular way. But I, for me, that made the film a lot funnier and a lot more uh, engaging. It, even though it's slower paced. So, yeah, I guess the best equivalent that I can use is to me that watching this movie felt like watching baseball on TV. There are good parts, but for the most part, it's just really slow and nothing happens. I say this. I played baseball for seven years. (laughs) One of us has actually spent time playing baseball and knows the rules. Can name more than three positions. Maybe. Okay. But we... Were you ever into watching baseball on TV? No. No. So you just no. played baseball. It was always boring. I didn't even really like watching it in person that much. Okay. Cuz it's it's you It's exciting every once in a while. Like yeah, people generally get hits and stuff, but like it's incredible things don't usually happen. Granted, incredible things happen in this movie. Which, right. uh, so this is, this is a, like, 85 to 90% first time watch for me. I caught part of it on some movie channel while I was in a hotel one time. Right. And I caught the streak scene. Yeah. The streak yeah, montage. Yeah. 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 <laughs> streak not, montage. Not the streaking right montage, uh, the win streak yes. montage that happens in this movie yes um i caught that and i was like wow this is incredible this is so ex- like i wasn't analyzing it like this but like after right, like right, looking right. back i was like this is incredible like this is this, it was drawing me in it had me on the edge of my seat theoretically like metaphorically i was sitting on a bed um but like i was i was like completely captured by this right and then watching the full thing 
And getting to that scene, it wasn't as exciting. Because this, I for some reason, that on its own was really exciting. But with the setup, it wasn't as exciting. And I don't think it was a... I don't think it was like I oh I knew I knew the ending so it wasn't that exciting. I just I feel like the movie put me into a docile place where it wasn't as exciting this time. Wow. I this might be the most different reaction we've ever had to a movie not just on the podcast but just like in life i don't i feel like there's i feel there's gotta be a bigger one there's gotta be one from last season there was one from last season that was pretty divisive yeah i mean there have been a few like musicals and things but like things that i specifically don't think that you'll like whereas like this was a movie where i was like i think zach would like this oh okay like like there, there are definitely movies where I've been like, I really liked this movie and I don't think you're going to like it. And that's mm-hmm. fine. But I was very surprised when you were like, if we weren't doing this for the podcast, I wouldn't have finished it. Like that. That's, yeah. I, that yeah, I texted, I did text you that I would have absolutely DNF'd this movie if we weren't recording an episode. Yeah. That, that genuinely surprised me that that was something that I did not expect. Which, which like, I love, I love Brad Pitt. I I'm learning that I really like Jonah Hill. Yeah. Um, I really liked Chris Pratt in this. Um, I am in love with Robin Wright. Actively. Actively. Actively in love with Robin Wright. In love with Robin Wright. Um, it didn't hit it for me. Do like jargony, like newspaper movies or like, the like those kinds of like statistic driven kind of movies are the like other movies like Moneyball. Are those typically like things that you get into or not? I'm trying to find a good would like the big short. Yeah, maybe the big short. I enjoyed um, the big short. Yeah. Some like I'm thinking of something like The Post or All the President's Men or something like that, where this movie doesn't have like the mystery and intrigue that those kinds of movies have, but in a lot of ways they're very similar where it's a lot of people like walking around, standing in rooms, talking about stuff, doing their thing. I mean, I like the West wing. Okay. Okay. So, so, okay. I'm just trying to track, like I'm trying to figure out where, what's different, but I guess just the pacing is that the pacing. It was so slow. Yeah. It was so slow. Like baseball is hard to watch. It, it's it's better in person. It's much better in person to watch. Um, but it's 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 unless you're like a super fan, it's hard to watch baseball on TV. Mm-hmm. And this felt like watching baseball on TV. It's like it's okay. It's you don't have the thrill of being there, and it's guys hitting a ball with a stick i say with seven years of love for the game not seven years because i played it for seven years when i was younger for however old i am minus seven 16 years (laughs) yeah 16 years of love for the game seven of those that i played it like right 
I like baseball. Just not, not like this movie. Yeah. I will say I, I don't like a lot of sports, like cheesy movie moments. Chris Brad hitting that home run is, is a good moment. That's a, that's a good moment. And uh, Zach, it leads me to my one final question for you. How can you not be romantic about baseball? Anyway, this has been Rewatch. Uh, this is the show. You asked me a rhetorical question like it wasn't rhetorical. <laughs> In the movie, it's rhetorical. <laughs> How can you not be romantic about baseball? By watching that movie. Do you have anything else that you want to get off your chest about Moneyball? Any anything else that you just really need to get out? I apologize. I feel bad for not liking this movie. <laughs> like, especially how much I don't like it. <laughs> I want to be clear. I'm not happy that I don't like this movie. You I like Aaron like Sorkin's stuff. I just don't like this movie. <laughs> I am not proud. Like this thing. I think it was nominated for Best Picture. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying it doesn't necessarily. I mean, personally, I don't think it deserved best picture but to me there's a lot of things that go into a best picture movie whether it's even a good good or bad aside there's a lot of things that aren't necessary make something different from being a good movie and being oscar uh, best picture worthy um but like i don't know it's 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 we'll get to this later in a few in a future episode but it's kind of like the godfather part two like I, I kind not so much for that one because like everybody loves the Godfather part two, but like, I feel bad about it. Cause like, it's a good, like it's, it's a neat story. I like numbers. I played baseball. I liked baseball. I like Aaron Sorkin. He wrote it. I, I like all the actors that I mentioned that I like earlier. My voice is really high right now. Um, it's just climbing too. It's just yeah. keeps going up. I, really defensive feel bad that i don't like this movie but to be very clear i do not like this movie <laughs> <laughs> yeah thank you for for saying that i'm, I'm worried that somebody listening might have gotten the impression yeah that, that you liked this movie <laughs> yeah well i think that'll wrap up our conversation about moneyball please just let's yeah don't let, Thank don't you. let me keep talking. If you're still listening after Zach yelled at you. Thank you for listening. I didn't this is... yell at you. I yelled at Moneyball. This is This is rewatch the show about movies we love and movies we haven't seen yet. I'm Seth Scruggs. You can find me online at Seth Scruggs on Instagram and Letterboxd. Zach, where can people find you? Uh, on Instagram at Zachary is thinking and letterboxed at Zachary Vaughn. And uh, you can also watch along with us. If you want to keep up with what we're watching this season, you can go, there'll be a link in the show notes to a letterboxed list that has all of the episodes in order. So you can see what we've already talked about and what we're going to talk about. Uh, you can also go to YouTube and subscribe to our YouTube channel. There'll be a link to that in the show notes. If you go, you subscribe, watch the stuff that's on there and like it. That really helps people find the content that we make as well as the show. 
if you do like this show, you can follow it um, and give us a review. Again, helps people find the show. Next week, we're going to go to some faraway places. It's anime week next week. Zach, I'll see you then. I'll see you then. I'll see you before then. (laughs) 